As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. New York strip steak? This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writers. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. Jade Hoy is producing. Coming up on today's show, oh, we got some controversy in Houston, some controversy in Dallas, in New York, in Portland, but no controversy in Chicago as the Bulls continue to win and DeMar DeRozan continues to be the king of the fourth quarter. So our illustrious panel today. Jay King, Trevon Edwards, James Edwards, and Mo Dakiel. So let's start off with another big victory for the Bulls this week as they uh, they take down the Nets on Saturday in a weird one for the Nets. Let's be honest, Trey. This was, <laughs> this was another weird one for the Nets. And the Nets are the Nets are just the best in the conference so far, but it almost seems like default. But the Bulls, man, uh, that big shot from from Lonzo Ball was incredible as they had to get the ball out of DeMar DeRozan's hands because DeMar is killing fools in the fourth quarter of this season. Man, I, I don't even know where to start with DeMar. DeMar has been great. He'll start off even slow in some of these games, and you're looking in a situation of like, ah, this is one of those games for him where he struggles. And then the fourth quarter hits, and he takes over. And I got a chance to watch him live here in New York City and where the Bulls swept on their trip, and they were great, man. Like, they, you know, they still need a, a big man and a shooter. Um, but for what they do with four guards and Vooch, they're effective. Um, and, and watching them against, you know, the Nets responding to different runs and, you know, controlling the pace and doing what they wanted to do, like, it played right into – their hands, you know, going ISO with DeRozan and just kind of jumping on his back and leading them to victory. So, um, Billy, hats off to Billy Donovan. He deserves to be in the coach of the year conversations. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like, I've just been saying this for months. The Bulls, baby. Same am what? I getting, am I, the Bulls, Billy Donovan? How many times have I got on here? Billy what Donovan, Miles Bridges, them? Billy what, Donovan. Is he from Flint? Why are you no. big up in Billy Donovan so much? <laughs> Dude, the Bulls. Are everything I th- there was two scenarios when the season started. It was gonna go like this, or it was gonna be an absolute disaster. And I was so confused as why people were we've talked about it before. The De- DeMar DeRozan signing, everyone's like, Why are they doing this? And DeMar, blah, blah, blah. Like they didn't watch him in San Antonio where he was phenomenal. Um so now I, he's playing I, with I, better players. I gotta push back, James. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I don't think it was why are they getting DeMar DeRozan? I think it was you've given up your future building pieces in order to bring this core together. Is that worth it? And I still think that's a valid question because 
one, I don't think the defense is going to remain this good. Like I just, I just don't believe in this team being this good defensively, despite how good Caruso and, and Lonzo are at the top Mm of, of the defense. Um, because I just don't think they have the depth to do it or really the players behind those guys to do it. But, but I do think the offense can be better than what it's been. And the offense has still been pretty good. Right. But if this isn't an eventual contender and you can't judge, like I get it. Like they're, they're really good right now. It doesn't mean they're a contender, but they also can't prove no. they're a contender right now, right? Like, they're, they, right. there is no proving that. But they're doing they, what they can to prove it, but it exactly. still doesn't prove. Exactly, yeah, but we're, yeah. still, we're still months away from them actually having a real chance to prove or disprove that they're a contender. And For so sure. until that time, um, I think it's still fair to question, will that end up having been worth it uh, to give up all that future stuff for a Vucevic or for – Lonzo or for you know whatever mm-hmm. and, and while I think the moves are good now I still think those questions that remain to be answered but at the same time if they get to the conference finals this year if they pull a Hawks from last year mm-hmm. I mean shit that's no and maybe, it, maybe it doesn't even have to be that it just you've gone from this team doesn't matter to this is probably Risky. a second round playoff team yeah right that's yep. a huge leap that's a huge leap so I get it but like I I don't think I, the, I don't think it was about yeah. Demar. I really yeah, don't. Yeah. Or at least, so there were the some. conversations I had. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. And I'm not. I don't disagree with you. I do think there's still a lot to prove. And I'm, you know me. I'm just on here bullshitting uh, with the Billy Donovan stuff. But I so do he is think from Flint. I gotta look this up. <laughs> <laughs> he's from he's from, uh, he's from uh, Flushing, which is uh, the ten minutes west. Um, <laughs> so do, it you, is do, you just, a, do you like pull him in? Is that like is he just still? <laughs> I mean, right now he is. When yeah, he, well, so he's when, good, he wins, when he's good, you pull yeah. him in. Yeah, when he's good, when he's, he's coming on over. Flint, when he's not, it's like, yeah, yeah he's from Flushing, dude. That doesn't Yeah, exactly. exactly. Gotcha. No, the, but the Bulls, I, we talked about it before. I thought that was a team that needed to roll the dice instead of slowly rebuilding and kind of going nowhere to take the chance on getting DeMar DeRozan, who, as we've all talked about, was a good player in San Antonio, to get Lonzo Ball, who's improved each and every year, the Vucevic, eh, he's a fine and he's a good NBA player. I I don't love him. I don't hate him. He is what he is. Um, to get Caruso, like I, I like the gamble they took and it's paying off. I, I I just they play hard. There's like new blood. It just it's just it just feels fresh. Like the Bulls, just the way they play is different than than past years. Obviously, because they have good players. They're fun, man. They just they're just a fun, fun yeah. team, and they just have not been fun for a long time. I like that DeRozan is in a place where he can get his flowers yeah because he's been probably one of the most underrated players in the league for a long long time first it was because you know he shoots a lot of mid-range jumpers and the analytics don't favor him too much and lebron always wiped him out of the playoffs because lebron wiped everyone out of the playoffs during that stage and then it was because he was in san antonio and people didn't didn't really notice how much better he'd become as a playmaker and a passer and a creator of offense. And now he's in Chicago and everyone's paying attention to this Bulls team because of how fun they are. And they've got Lonzo and they got Caruso flying around. They've got Zach Levine just hitting tough shot after tough shot. They've got a defense that's in the top 10 and an offense that still hasn't been totally unlocked, but could be really good. And DeRozan is having maybe the best year of his entire career. And he's just doing the same old stuff. It's like pump fake, pump fake, pump fake, bucket, pump fake. He hit one in the fourth, late in the fourth last night against Kevin Durant, where I'm like, oh, Katie's got him. And he just pump faked, faded away from like, I don't know, 13 it's feet cash. or something like that. And, and, and cashed it. And I'm just like, come on, man. Like KD had him. He had him. It just didn't matter. There was one time when they played the Celtics like five years ago where he pump faked no lie five times in a row. And on the fifth, Jalen Brown jumped. It was so mad at yeah, himself Kobe because well. he was he was so patient for the first four <laughs> fakes. And then, it's like there's no way he's doing like, five. No do you way. Think the, the do you Rose, think the scouting report said watch for four pump fakes? But on the fifth one, he's going up. And Jalen was there going, going one, <laughs> two, three, four. Got him. Oh. He's been setting that up for four years. Just <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but but he's a guy like you you can tell he spends so much time working on his game. His downhill footwork is amazing. It's beautiful. Like it's just 
there's so much to his game that's that's admirable and fun to watch that the analytics crowd kind of didn't let him get appreciated the way he should have been for a long time. And, and now he's finally getting that. I mean, the big thing in like San Antonio was how much he improved as a playmaker. But I love mm-hmm. the role he has now with the Bulls because he's kind of the closer. Right. He leads everybody in the league with fourth quarter scoring at seven point seven. He's shooting like almost 53 percent from the field just in that scenario. And then you see it like that last play where or or basically the dagger, the Nets had three guys on him and he kicks it out to Lonzo. Like no hesitation, no nothing. Boom. I make the right read. Yeah, please. Oh, I was so disgusted with that. First of all, (laughs) it was horrible defense. It It was was bad, bad, bad. So from from my view in the arena, it's Patty Mills who had sat majority of the fourth, and finally Steve Nash throws him in as a desperation. Bruce Brown shouldn't have been on the floor, but Lonzo Ball is wide open from the jump, but they don't find him. The ball's on the other side of the court. Patty Mills leaves him to overplay. Kevin Durant is guarding someone. He overhelps the drive. Patty is so lost that he's caught in the middle of the paint, too late to recover. Easy shot. And the Bulls do such a great job on spacing that that look is there for Lonzo. That's there for Io. That's there for um, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. Derek Jones Jr. Like that look is there every single game for a guy to shoot that. And they're shooting it such like at a outside of Lonzo, he struggled a little bit at the garden, but. For him to come up big and make that, you know, to put the game away, it was it was perfect. Like, let's see if these guys are going to bite. They did. Lack of trust, lack of rotation. And it, it was like, bong. But it, it wasn't just it wasn't just that, though, Trey. Like, the big thing was Derek Jones Jr. cuts along the baseline and put Patty in a tough spot. Because in that instance, because Katie's going over to help, Patty's got to zone up that side. He's got to take both Ball or Jones. But once Jones cuts, Patty has no idea where to go, right? And he goes with Jones, and that's that's just such a monster play. Can we talk about Levine doing the Harden on Harden? That shit was <laughs> nasty. Woo! I mean, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Oh, we great. Yeah, good conversation. There you go. Good comment. Um, <laughs> one thing I like about, or many things I like about this Bulls team right now, but one thing I do like is the fact that that Zach Levine has kind of just been like, yeah, DeMar's the closer here. You know, mm-hmm. not that he's afraid to take shots in it, but like that's been Zach's role since he got traded there. Yeah. And he is gunning for a max deal, right? Like there, there's a lot on the line for him. And literally he, gunning. Yeah, literally, for <laughs> literally gunning. And he's playing well. He's playing well, but it's, there isn't that, there isn't that pressure ego to be like, no, 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 no. I'm trying to get this deal. I'm trying to bring us to, you know, to being a great team. Like I, I need the ball. Like he just kind of takes what's there when it's there and and it really is DeMar doing what he did in San Antonio the last couple of years. And I think that's why a lot of people doubted this Bulls team is first of all, the defensive limitations that we thought this roster would have. Um, Cause I, I didn't think the Bulls were going to be great, but then offensively, I wasn't sure that mix was going to work either. And, and I think Levine playing the way that he has and DeRozan taking charge the way that he has um, and then the way that Donovan has kind of used some of their guards as like screeners and rollers, like they use Caruso as a big sometimes. They use Derek Jones Jr. as yeah. a big sometimes. Like they've been very creative about ways to use guys who aren't great shooters on their roster. And I, I just think this has been one of the most fun teams to watch. But I think Donovan has done a masterful job of putting basketball players in position to make basketball plays, no matter what like normal positions would tell you to do. He's just using guys in, in ways that, that they can succeed. And it's been funky at times, but like Caruso can do that. Derek Jones Jr. Can do that. And, and they, they've really worked um, in kind of weird ways sometimes, but, but really smart ways. And, and to go to DeMar on the fourth, I think he's in a perfect situation in that regard too, just because like uh, he doesn't have to coast the first three quarters, but like there's other guys that could take the load off. And then as we all know, like the closest thing to playoff basketball is the fourth quarter. 
of the regular season in a game. And DeMar's game is like tailored for that because that's when the analytics kind of go out of the window and you just need a bucket and you need a tough shot. And I mean, that's what DeMar has been doing for how many years now? So um, it's, it's a great situation for him where he can kind of pick and choose his spots, but then also in the clutch, in the clutch time, like you just need tough shots, no matter where they come from, you need to be able to keep bucket for bucket. And that's a guy that is just, I mean, he's the king of the mid range. What else? I mean, what else can you say? Uh, I will say this about the whole analytics portion of this conversation is it's that he wasn't a very good mid-range shooter and right. he wasn't taking threes, right? Like the last yep. like three years, con- including this year, been been a pretty phenomenal. fucking good mid-range shooter. You want those shots improved. from that guy. Yeah, like, yeah. like, yeah, when he's hitting like that, then it's it's, it's like, oh yeah, he's one of the guys that gets the pass yep. for that, that mid-range shot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not quite Devin Booker, Chris Paul, but it's not that far from it either. It's like prime LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, except enjoyable to watch. Except enjoyable <laughs> to watch, <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't hate on prime LaMarcus Aldridge. I swear to God. He was James. a beast. Uh, what does that he mean? was a great player. He was Boring as shit. He was a fine player. All right, yeah. No, he was. I'm sorry. You guys player. are crazy. He was so fun to watch. He used to just house people down low. He would house people, get to his left shoulder, and bam, right shoulder, bam. Like, he would just kill dudes. It was it looked easy, but it was boring. Remember what he used to do to Steven Adams? How can you say that he <laughs> used to do what, what? What, losing the playoffs? What do you mean, what he used to do to Steven <laughs> he Adams? Like, he averaged like 95 against Steven Adams. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I'm with you on the market. Exact figure. 95 (laughs) points. We all remember that 95-point series from Marcus Aldridge. All right. Hey, speaking of Marcus Aldridge, he used to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Speaking of the Blazers, what a shit show right now. So we got two things to get to with the Blazers here. One, Neil O'Shea was fired due to code of of conduct violations, right? Um, After that investigation, in which the Blazers also are not releasing any of the information from that investigation it's like eh, good for us like uh he's he's been fired and so um and so that's going to joe cronin takes over for now and and we'll see what they end up going for if they try to take a big swing for their their next front office person or if they just try to find one of those like kind of small up-and-comer you know not no-name guys but you know some of those people that are yeah. kind of landing the lining the weeds there um and then on top of that jay you saw that like they got blown out by by uh the boston celtics saturday night and afterwards we have we have this comment from Chauncey Billups says I've never seen a team that needs its bench to inspire our starters that shit's crazy to me it's supposed to be the other way around uh yeah yeah it did I mean lack of pride of course that that bothers me um I just think you know if that don't bother you then there's a there's something going on you know um obviously teams play well and you come out, you it's not your night, you know. It's cool it happens. Um, but there's a way that I'm willing to lose. And that's not the way that I'm willing to lose. He must not watch the Pistons yeah. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody watches the Pistons. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, th- there are some teams you just look at and know they're just broken. Like something about him just isn't right. And watching the Blazers against the Celtics, 
I got that feeling so, <laughs> so powerfully. It was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen. There was just no help when Schroeder was beating guys to the cup. There was no rush to contest guys at the three-point Which arc. is weird because they are the worst defense in the league right now. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. I mean, and they were last year. It's just another Tuesday for them yeah, or they were whatever. His, I mean, they were historically but, bad last year. At least this year, they're just shitty, right? <laughs> but but for, forget about what Olshay may or may not have done with his toxic work environment. He has just never surrounded Damian Lillard with the right type of talent. He's been coasting for four years, just chilling, not changing the team. The flaws have been obvious for years. Nothing done. One thing I've noticed while reading all the stories about Neil Olshay from the guys like Jason Quick, who know the situation best, is he was so proud of drafting C.J. McCollum that he was like, you know what? Let's let's keep trying to make this work with Dane. I, Even though yeah. I I think everyone knew that that was not going to be a successful backcourt. If it was, then you have to build the perfect roster around them with athletic, versatile wings everywhere, and they just never really got that done properly. They had it for like one year. They were pretty close to it when they had like Al Farouk Aminu and. Yeah, who else was there? Evan Turner, I think. Who else was there? Like they had a bunch of six six, six seven dudes. Um Mo Harkless, right? Yeah. And but like they didn't sustain that. They started giving minutes to Anthony Simons, who's like a pretty talented dude, but also in that super small guard mode. Yeah, and also you already have CJ and Dane, right? So it's like exactly. it's, it's an embarrassment of riches in that sense where you have these other obvious holes on the roster yeah and now it's just such a mess like i don't know if there there is a fix honestly blow it up like they're so far from from contending that dame's having his worst season so far in a while and he's hurt um cj doesn't appear very interested in defending at all nurkic like he's had better days. And I think all those guys are kind of like, what are we doing here? I, yeah. They, they kind of have to blow it up, right? Nurkic is on an expiring contract. And, and, and then Chauncey just lights these up after every game. <laughs> he's not there. He's not there to play, man. He's not there to play. He's trying to fire him up. But like, look, th- this team, Nurkic expiring contract, Covington with an expiring contract. They waited too long to trade CJ. I don't know how many people are interested in a $30 million scorer who, who, can't defend won't defend at all like they're just in a tough spot and you can just kind of feel maury in the background like the uh empire emperor from uh star wars just sitting there going like this is all <laughs> playing into my hands this is just perfect you can just kind of he nobody's happier than him right now watching this thing fall apart he's gonna win it disney and maury they're gonna mm. do it mm. i mean you kind of have to. Yeah. <laughs> you just, it, it doesn't, it feel like we're just not too far away from the Dame trade demand coming. Like I thought it might my, happen my, in the off season, so, but like maybe he just gets fed up and says, screw it. Let me out now. Nah. My biggest question about them nah, is he won't, he has, he has no fight. Ooh. He has no fight. He has no fight in this. He's going, he's going to stick it out. I think the way he kind of okay. dug in, I mean, I look, I, I, this is zero reporting. It's just trying to read tea leaves. But the fact that he digs in this way has a weird freestyle about it. And then like starts having these yeah. comments about, you know, no, I'm here and I'm here in Rip City. This is my city, blah, blah, blah. And then immediately after we get the Olshay investigation. And then not that far after we get a, the firing of someone he clearly, I don't, <clears throat> at least based on his comments after last season don't think Dane believed in right and a lot of people yeah. in the organization didn't believe in um and it, and it kind of took something extreme like I truly believe Dame would have hardcore like requested a trade this past summer had the reception to it been a little easier and I think a lot of that had to do with like him bringing the fans into the whole like Billups thing and that Chris Haynes article like I think that backfired on 
on him in a way where it made it really hard to then request a trade and still be Agreed. looked at favorably. Right. And now yeah. he's kind of dug in and it, and it looks like, all right, we got rid of that dude. We'll see what we can put around you. But I, I'm with Trey. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that tra- if that trade demand's coming, it's definitely not coming this season. My biggest question about them is do they blow up everything and trade Dame or can they find something to put pieces around him to actually give him a chance? And my thing like, is who's out there? Challenging. Who's who, yeah. who's gettable? But also and who do they have to really trade, right? Yeah. Besides Dame, like who's really kind of who's I that do, excited I, to trade for CJ? I, I think do some think people there's would a like Simons. CJ. Like CJ's good. Yeah, I think people would take Anthony Simons. Yeah, yeah but like Simons oh, isn't going to yeah, get you. I don't a think they're going to part piece, like that, right? And like the thing about CJ is like thirty million this year, thirty three million next year, thirty five point eight the year after that. Like that's a lot of money. I don't think he's worth that much money. But all, but hold on. Also, you put him as the lead guard on a team. No, he's not the playmaker that Dame is by any means, but he can fucking score. Like yeah, he put could, him on the he East, he's an really all-star score. Yeah, like he could he could be an all-star if he was the main guard on a team. He's that good, I think. Not saying yeah. he's going to lead you to like playoff right. prominence or anything, but I I think he could that, harden it up somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, so, where, so where, some, would some, C, where would you want to see where would you want to see CJ go? Um honestly, he'd look greater in the Knicks. New York. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. I don't know who the <laughs> they trade for him, but <laughs> I would, would like to fun. see him in New York. Um, kind of Indiana. Rand- I mean, could Randall oh, go? I like, yeah, the Indiana idea, I like that. Would be a blast. I'm, that would be like, I'm with Indiana too. It'd be an experience. Yeah. I'd be for that. There's a move to make. Hey, Portland, Miles, Miles, Miles Turner. Turner. There's the trade. <laughs> we should, we could all, how confident are you guys that you guys could run an NBA team and not be, just the worst of all zero, time. Zero, zero, zero. Yeah. I've been part of it. Me? Zero. <laughs> I've been there. No. I'm extremely confident. I was going to say, I knew I could come Oh, and it's weird. The guy who thinks he could knock out Floyd Mayweather, which no one in the history of <laughs> boxing has ever been able to do while training for it at the highest level, that guy thinks that he could run an NBA team confidently. Well, he He's never met a 220-pound house before. Um, <laughs> okay. But I love this but, show, boy. Here, here's my thing. Like, I would go aggressive one way or the other. Like, I wouldn't be a mediocre team. Like, I wouldn't be the Pacers. That that's all I could promise you. I would either be stripping down everything and being awful and trying to load up like the 76ers of 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 old, or I would be like going like the Bulls and trying to just find as many pieces as I could get and see if it works. It's there, There's no way I'd just be the Pacers, like, d- destined to be the eight seed. Your cap situation would be game. a fucking mess. You'd have oh, so God. many questions to answer please, with the luxury please. tax to the I, owner. I, and all, like you, I don't do think you know how to manage that shit. I, I would have some legend on my stuff. Do you know how many stories would be leaked? We'd get so many stories leaked. Like, this guy doesn't know what the hell he's You'd doing. You have a legend on your stuff. It would be like one of your that brothers would be one jam. toxic word. Like, the, it would be like legend. <laughs> it would be Larry legend. You'd be like, oh, my brother, he's really good at math. I'll, I'll bring him in to be the cap expert. <laughs> my brothers are pretty sharp, too. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Oh, I love Jay. They might be They might be good at calculus. I don't know if that's well, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Like, look at what the Blazers have done. Not shit. Is, is there, like, I I know enough to know that what the Blazers have done for the past seven years wasn't ever going to work. And, and may, maybe you can look at it in old Shea, like, he seemed pretty proud about the fact that they've made the playoffs a lot of times in a row and pretty proud about the fact that they made the Western Conference Finals and whatever. But that wouldn't be the type of team I'd want. A team that has a ceiling like that. Especially when you were close. O'Shea bugged out because he treats his draft picks like Mm -hmm. like accomplishments or banners. You know what I'm saying? So, like, at the end of the day, he's reluctant to trade guys that should have been moved. 
Man. And that's his downfall. I want to see I want to see Jay King negotiating a free agent contract with Bartlestein oh. or Rich Paul if they would have him in the fucking torture rack. Like Bartlestein <laughs> would destroy me. I'm not gonna lie. I'd be I'd be sitting there like Bartlestein's no, the best, man. No, Mark, stop. You see these deals Bartlestein gets is like I want him to rep me just see, like walking around the neighborhood. I want to see Jay King. Have a trade negotiation with Masai Jiri. <laughs> Masai like, is like, the kid. <laughs> Mr. Bartlestein, you want $80 million for Hamadou Diallo? Okay, cool. <laughs> Mr. Ujiri, it's the kid. <laughs> so uh, so what do we think? Do we think this, this gets blown up around Dame or eventually with Dame? I around think- Dame. I think with him. I think we all agree that the first domino that should have fallen when they're trying to get to this next plateau is trade CJ. It's probably a little too little too late, but I think that's the route they go first. But then they probably yeah, has to backpedal in, in Dame's trade. <laughs> so, but I think they try CJ first. CJ actually, like, I know I, this is merely an overreaction to Colin Sexton being out, but CJ in Cleveland Ooh. would be super intriguing to me. And he's from Cleveland, right? Or he's from Ohio. No, he's let from the, Ohio. Let Darius Garland yeah. cook. No, I, he, look, Darius Garland's really good. Rubio's been let a good Ricky influence for Rubio them. Let Ricky Rubio rock out. CJ's better than both of them, though. Facts. Yeah, Absolutely. but that defense is that defense is tough. You had him and all. You think Darius Garland's doing that? Like, what do you like? Darius yeah. Garland's a good young player, but he's not. He's not the 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 linchpin of that defense by any means. Like, that's not what that is. But if you're, they do need some more scoring. Over yeah. There. yeah, and and they they do have guys to clean up for for. Yeah, season. you got Mobley and Jared yeah. Allen. By the way, I'll accept your apology on that contract, J.K. What the Jared yes, Allen, sir? What because they're like little over five hundred, <laughs> g- given hundred million. No, 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 no. I won't apologize for that. Okay, yeah. No, you're right. The Cavs are always so good. You're it's a good call. The success means nothing. They're always they're always just no, at the top I, of the I, they, They've they've impressed me. Their, their defense is is really really good. They're they are extremely competitive night in and night out. So salute to them for that. <laughs> Salute to them indeed. <laughs> From the sign, the kid <laughs> signed future executive of the year. The kid. All right, let's get to uh, another Western Conference team. Uh, Jason Kidd recently had some words about Luca and about the uh, the complaints of Luca. I mean, we know Luca works the officials as much as anybody, right? As much as Chris Paul, as much as any of those guys. And so Kid said this. This is courtesy of uh, Brad Townsend of the Dallas Morning News. This is uh, after uh, the Mavs lost to the Pelicans Friday night. I would lean towards playing five-on-five a little bit more. You're not going to get any calls. Officials, they tend not to stop the game to change calls. So you have to understand that there's a point in – in time in games, dead ball to be able to talk to the officials. But while the game is going on, transition defense is one of the things that we've talked about that we have to get better. If we're lobbying for calls during live play, it puts us in harm's way. Um, I am with him on the Like, I do think that this team um, needs more team play all over the floor, right? As great as Luca is, like, it is too much concentrated on him to do everything. And I think they had like Jalen Brunson, I think is really good. Like, I think you can run some stuff through Chris Stapps. I think you can run some stuff through Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, I think they have enough weapons to where it doesn't need to just be Luca. Here's a 40% usage rate. Go save us. Right. And then on, on top of that, like Luca does complain so much to the refs and it is so much during live play. You already struggle defensively as a player. Like, I think you need to get your ass back. Yeah, no, I couldn't be happier that a kid finally called him out on it because it was something that, that we'd hear whispers about it, but like Carlisle never really blew him up in the media for it. Like, this has to happen. It's a killer every time. And I was with the Clippers when we were crying all the time. Blake would get fouled, not get back on defense. We'd give up a bucket. CP, same thing. We had the same issues with DeAndre Jordan. And come on, DJ, you're not getting a freaking call. 
You're DeAndre Jordan. Calm down. It was brutal. And it was it would always hold us back. And that's the most frustrating thing about watching Luca is that every time he doesn't get a call, he's looking at the ref, he's staring him down. And the other team's like, yo, we're just on our way to get a bucket almost every time. He's got to get better at that. And this is I mean, Trey, this is this is a Mavs team that like I know they're what I think they're five hundred right now, but like they're struggling a bit. Like they're struggling to find their identity, and Luca is their identity. But I don't know if you're with me on that. Like I just think that they need to be a more team centric attack than just a Luca centric attack. Oh yeah, I mean, you can say that about any team that's you know kind of been riding their star, trying to you know figure things out of like giving someone the ultimate attention. And you know, obviously at the beginning of the season they started off hot, and now some real life situations hit where. You know, it's just not panning out. And, you know, maybe that's going to be on Jason Kidd to to include the team a little bit more um, and get them more team-focused versus Luka-focused. You know what I mean? Because, yes, Luka can have all these stats. But if it's not equating the wins, then it's pointless. And he's going to find himself without a job, and Luka's still going to be on that team. So um, the accountability has to be there. Um, I'm not sure if it should have been, you know, say it publicly like that, but it is what it is. Maybe it's a challenge or you now are on Luca's bad side too, you know? Right. And <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like you, you pick and choose on that. And I guess with him going public with it is he's taking it as a challenge, but then also like, I mean, serious business, you know what I mean? To call you out. Um, but it's on Luca to respond. You know what I mean? I know he's competitive and he hates to lose, but yes, he's Jason Kidd is actually right. You know, in these situations, like, the more you complain, no one's going to just say, my bad, I got you the next one. Right. You know, you got to play through this. Because, I mean, there's other players that are, you know, wanting the same thing and they're not getting it. And so be it. You know what I mean? And he has to be better of just kind of understanding the flow of the game and, and playing through adversity. Because, you know, there was years where Steph Curry wasn't getting a call. Shoot, this year, you know, guys aren't getting to the line like they're supposed to. But that's where you make those adjustments. And, you know, if the game's getting hard, find find a way, you know what I mean, to 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 be a threat. You know what I mean? If they're taking away certain things, if, if he was relying on just getting to the free throw line and he's asked to become a better, you know, jump shooter or, you know, dribble shooting off the dribble or whatever it may be to get his team back into this um, on the winning side. My favorite part of this whole thing was that kids kid during his spiel about how Luca should get back on defense said <laughs> I would lean toward playing five on five a bit more. Like what a sarcastic, <laughs> what a sarcastic line. You know? it'd, it'd be cool if we were actually playing five on five, not four on five. To his, uh, to his credit. I just Luke, enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah. To his credit, Luca did apparently agree with the, with Jason Kidd's point. Said he's, he's got a point. I've got to stop doing that. But, um, you know, you got to see it. Right. It's easy to say that stuff, but you you got to see it. But yeah, you're right. The the I'd lean more towards playing five on five. <laughs> Just incredible. Um, do we think that they've got another gear in them this season, or are they just kind of floating along? I think they need a trade. I don't know. Oh, they're floating. Yeah, I, I like what I've seen from from Porzingis. Um, I I just I still. I don't know what they need, but I feel like there's just – it's not similar to Portland because that core hasn't been together as long, but it just seems a little stale. Like, it just seems like it needs another creator. Um, I like – I mean, I like Jalen Brunson, but I, I just feel like it needs another – not ball-dominant scorer, but just a guy who can go get you. up. Like, I would like CJ there. They oh. need more oomph. They need more oomph. Yeah, and, like, and there weird. you go, oomph. Yeah. It, it's weird because they've had... I'm serious, yeah. That's the word I was actually looking for. <laughs> or the noise it's, I was looking for. It's, it's weird because they've had top offenses, not this year, but in previous years, they've had top offenses. But even then, when they were setting the NBA record for most points per 100 possessions, even then they didn't have enough offense. Yeah. Because when it comes to it, it's everyone knows it's going to be Luka. And everyone knows that the guys around him just don't have enough oomph. But <laughs> they just need more more guys with oomph. Like he he can't be in charge with with creating as much as he is. 
And I, I'm I'm with you, James. Like Jalen Brunson is really good. Um, Tim Hardaway is is more effective than I thought he would be. But like, there's just there's a lack of creators on that team that's very evident, and it's been evident for years, even when their offense was awesome. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, let's move on to uh, the Houston Rockets situation. Now, surprisingly, Rockets are winning games lately. Pistons fans wanted me to send a, they collectively sent me a DM and wanted me to say this on our national pod. Uh, They wanted to look at the Rockets winning streak, how it came after Jalen Green sat and how the Pistons actually won games when Cade Cunningham came. They just wanted me to say that because Jalen hates their city. The four and 18 Pistons. Yep. On they, got all, they got all four streak. once Cade came back. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> they just okay wait, what about these eight straight losses? How, Is how, that... how do Piston fans collectively send you a deal? <laughs> well, I mean, I got go to I'm not go to work for the Rockets here. It's just like, no, both I know. Your te- both your teams suck. They're both bad. Yeah. And both your rookies are super disappointed so far. What do you want me to do? Cade's picking it up, but yeah. Yeah, Cade's picking it up, but like, he also started slow. 30%. Yeah, from the field. No, they they got to get they got to get it off because yeah. Jalen was talking crazy. Uh, was he though? Yeah, I mean, he said, "I want to be the number one pick. I want to be there." And then when they didn't pick, it was like, "I right, fuck these guys." Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, he also said, "I don't want to live in Detroit." Okay, I mean, me, me, same. Yeah, no, and then he, Detroit. I just don't like. <laughs> it's a nice place, but I understand. Yeah, I just I can't do the weather. No, if that's fair, Detroit's Detroit's back to me. I know James. You can say that it's never left, but yeah, <laughs> the city. I mean, yes. Yeah. Twenty fourteen was twenty fourteen was rough. Yeah, for me personally, having to be in Troy and Birmingham and then actually go down to the downtown area. Yeah, it, you know. But now it's on. It's on the up and up. So I can see more guys going there. You know, they actually got. There. It's got more oomph. It's got, it's got more it has, oomph, and I'm sorry to make this. It has a, more. Mm. I'm sorry to bring up making this a Detroit conversation, but yes, go ahead, Zach. I'm sorry. Pistons so, fans just wanted me to say all that. All right. Yeah. I mean, sh- what, sh- one year when I was in Detroit, my <laughs> Uber driver, I was going to the airport like I had to catch a flight. My Uber driver, I swear to God, drove me through the whole city because he was so proud of Detroit. He just wanted to show show it off. To me. That well, sounds like somebody I'm, from I'm Detroit. Like, I'm like. I'm like, bro, I got, I got to catch you a flight. Catch. You're lucky like, James I wasn't your driver. James would have taken you to Flint. I would have taken a tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we would have got, got Luigi's. I would have took you straight to Flint. And I'll tell you what. He showed me some nice He showed me some nice places. But, uh, but I was like, yo, I cannot look at your tour of Detroit right now. Like, I, I have a flight. So after, after losing 15 in a row, the Rockets are on a five-game win streak going into today's game, or I guess Sunday's game, against the Pelicans. And we were recording before that game, so they were six straight, or it's been snapped. But it's also happened around the time where this John Wall stuff has gotten pretty weird. Like, he he was, you know, the good soldier and everything. Like, yeah, you guys, you know, find me a new place. I'll practice. You know, I'm not going to play if that's what you guys want, but I'll, you know, I'll... I'll teach the young guys. I'll be there in practice. I'll be a leader, all this stuff. Right. And then like, you can't trade him because that contract is too crazy to trade. He doesn't want to buy out. Cause he doesn't want to give up any of this $91 million coming his way. And he does want to play now. They, I guess are differing on what that would mean, but you know, this was coming when uh, clearly they're looking for lottery. Right. Chances. Right. And, they fear that John Wall would affect that. Personally, I think that team is too bad for John Wall to affect it. Um, maybe John Wall, of like four or five years ago, I think could could really like pick that team up. He, they would definitely be better with him. But I do think like there is something to the idea of that man should be on the court in games to help these young guys through some of these situations and not just 
a voice on the sidelines and a voice and presence in practice. Um, I would think that now that they've won five in a row, at least going into Sunday, uh, maybe that makes it easier to bring John Wall into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there seems to be some issue on what that role might be. Trey, uh, I don't think the Rockets are doing right by, by John Wall, but also if it is that bad and he wants to play that badly, you can make an argument. Well, I guess take a buyout. So where, like, where are you on this whole John Wall situation? I still don't like this. The NBA has a problem. They're finding people who don't want to come to work and they're paying people to stay away from work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it's just some, someone has to come in eventually and say, look, and one gets ridiculed you know, and the other doesn't. Yeah, exactly. And in this particular situation, John Wall actually wants to play. You can't fault him for wanting to keep his money because he never going to get that money again. Yeah. You know, so I'm not mad at him for not wanting to shave something off. He shouldn't have to sacrifice money in order to want to play basketball either. And he's wasting a, a, a year of his career. You know what I mean? He's he's in his 30s now. So I just don't think it's fair. I don't think it should be in that situation or he should be guilted because he's making a certain amount of money that a team paid him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So And traded um, for him. Yeah. And traded for him. <laughs> and, you know, obviously that direction went south and, so be it, but no, they shouldn't punish him for that situation and the idea of finding a suitor for him and then now can't find a suitor. Let that man play. You know what I mean? Like it ain't gonna stunt those uh those young players' growth by him being out there or taking away or or give bad culture because John Wall's never been that type of guy. He's actually been very um instrumental to those young players, you know, coming still to work on his game. Mm-hmm still to challenge guys, still showing guys how to be professional. Um, and I just think it's, you know, it's, 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 it's giving John Wall a, a bad hand in the situation of, like, him actually live, continue to live out his dreams as a basketball player and then play off his contract that he's earned. My problem with it is it's just too obvious. Yeah. It's like when the, when the Thunder shut down Al Horford, for the second half of the season, it was simply because they wanted to be bad. Like, that's the only reason. And this strikes me as a very similar situation where, yes, there's part of it is, you know, clearing playing time for some of their young guys like like Kevin Porter Jr. and, and Jalen Green. But also, like, part of it is they just want to be bad. And that's where it's bad for the NBA. When, when you're sitting players who are better than the guys you have for just for the sake of being bad. And it's this obvious. It's just, it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. It's a really bad look. What was, and, what was OKC's uh, logic that they got away with? Wasn't it a differing of, uh, uh, I forgot what the term was, but it, I mean, yeah, it was essentially tanking, but it, they came out with a differing of roles or something like that. It was just, preposterous it's yeah it's tough because it's like nobody said anything when Bagley was moved out of the rotation nobody says anything when Kemba's moved out of the rotation you know like those guys but those are those are moves to try to win right right no no I understand why Houston's doing and it is a bad look but it's also like what and and I'm with Zach he ain't helping him win games the team is bad. Like he, he didn't help him last year when he played, you know, and, and, and he yeah. has the option. to. But if, he would if, help development, right? And isn't that the goal? You know, he would help Jalen Green. He would help Jalen Green. Jalen Green get some on, good on, shots. On the court yeah. in those opportunities, you know, but this is the route they want to take. It's just, it's, it, it sucks. And I'm, you know, we got to find a way to maybe make it easier for these guys to get out. But like, I understand Houston, there's nobody that's going to want to trade for him unless they're going to give up draft assets they don't want to do that like they're just in it they're in a real tough spot and it's like you know go play they probably should but i'm not going to go nuts if they don't just because they have a, a a route they want to take it's ugly it doesn't look good but like he has an option and it sucks but if he's to take the buyout if he really wants to and maybe it's just figuring that out if, to go play and then have the freedom to go choose where he gets to play you know, I think that kind of gives him a little bit more option there in that sense. And it's not like if he takes the buyout, he's given up all that money. It's a negotiation. You find somewhere in the in the middle ground where you can get that money. 
And granted, it sucks because I'm with you, Trey. He's not going to get that money elsewhere. But it's a tough it's a tough place to be. And then it's tough to just be like the NBA has to intervene on these because I don't know where the NBA is going to how the NBA is going to do it and how where they're going to roll and whether it's going to make the Players Association happy or it's going to make the owners happy. I don't know where the happy medium is where the NBA can make something happen. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely pro John Wall in this situation. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and Trey, I think you're right. Like I, I do think in order to play, he's clearly capable of playing, he's fit to play. Um, and he wants to get paid to play, not paid to sit. And the Rockets are the only one keeping that from happening. Um, as much as I love the idea of Kevin Porter experimenting as the the point guard of this team. And he did that up until I think he got hurt recently, but he's been doing that. But he also like, he's had some good moments and he's had a lot of shitty moments. Right. And yeah. I do think, look, you can still have him be a lead guard on this team, but just not when John walls in the game. Right. And you can, and that will just help a lot of these young guys. It'll help Shangun. It'll help Jalen green. It'll help Christopher. And like, all it'll help fucking Christian Wood, who you're trying to like show to the league. Hey, look how good with the signing was, right? Look how good we are for doing this. It'll help Christian Wood even be better and put up better numbers and stuff. And again, look at that team. You're not going to, you're not going to win so many games that it's going to take you out of this like top four situation in the, in the lottery. They're hot. They are hot. To be fair there. You're right. They are hot. Wasn't he playing when they got ended up with the number two pick? Right. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, and that's not a knock on, on John Wall either. Like, Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, like, look, he's not the player he used to be. But he's, but he's not terrible. But he, I think he helps with the development of the team. Yeah. I just do. And and to play devil's advocate, because I I agree. Like I, I think it's a bad look for the league. But also, if John, it sounds like to me because the Rockets didn't they say he could play if he wanted to come off the bench, or was that uh, a formality? Like was that actually like confirmed? I don't remember. But if I don't so, know if that was confirmed. He definitely okay. pushed back on that on Twitter. John okay. Wall did. So to me. Yeah, so to me, it sounds like I want to play, but I want to start and show that I can play so you guys, somebody can come trade for me. It's not necessarily I just want to play to play. Uh, and then but, that, yeah, but, but he also has to be realistic of like no one's trading for you. Right. You you would hope so. But it sounds like like if he really wants to play, well, come off the bench and play wide or take the buyout and go play somewhere else. I agree that it's not a good look. And I'm for the most part in John Wall's favor. But if he really just wants to play basketball, well, then come back and play off the bench and, and get paid. And that's noted Jalen Green hater, James Edwards. I love Jalen Green. <laughs> so we will move on. No chance to respond. Jade, cut that. Uh, we will move on to our last topic. Uh, you guys mentioned Kemba Walker. You mentioned that situation in New York and the Knicks or Tom Thibodeau has said like, yeah, he's, he's out of the rotation. We're starting Alec Burks. We're still bringing Rose and quickly off the bench. Um, they are trying to ignite something here to improve their, you know, their position. They lost three in a row going into Sunday and the defense has not been what it was. And the offense has been solid, but like, there's just this kind of, I mean, kind of similar to what, Chauncey was complaining about maybe not as extreme but similar to what Chauncey was complaining about with Portland like this Knicks team isn't alive until the bench starts coming in and then once they get that kind of mix of those you know the of the second unit and the first unit then they can find their groove um, and they can actually be quite fun and and quite dangerous but um, but sitting Kemba and just out of the rotation completely uh, I'm a little shocked by it that's stunning Trey, you sound like Trey. Real quick, you sound like you're in a, a soup can. <laughs> for, for a second, I forgot that I had to use a mic. There you go. Jay, cut that. Um, no, but, keep that in. Keep that. In. Keep that. <laughs> yeah, man. But um, talking like a soup can is crazy. But I didn't like that. Um, that he used Kimba as a scapegoat. And in a certain situation, I know I had you know, criticized him for um, using Alec Burke, Alex, Alec Burks at the one. And he's not a bad option, but that's not his traditional position either, you know? Agreed. Um, but it didn't fix anything. It didn't fix anything at all. And it goes, I mean, if you go down and look down the line, you know, you got Julius Randle, who isn't playing, I guess, for the team. He's playing for self. Mm-hmm. 
that one one would say. You know what I mean? But yeah. he's also keeping them in games. They're not winning games, and the bench is also the ones that kind of get everything going. Right? You got quickly. You got Rose. Um, you know, Eric you, you can look down the line, and 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 they're not just they're not good. They're, the defense is bad. It's just you know. It's it's not it's not Bing Bong anymore. Yeah, Bing Bong is, <laughs> is dead. Bing Bong. Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. Bing Bong. Bing Bong is gone. Don't you regret not coming to the net? Don't you regret not coming to the net? Let's go, Nick. Let's go, Nick. Let's go, Nick. Let's go, Nick. Bing Bong is gone. <laughs> they they're, they're doing a real real disjustice to the fans and 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 everything else. You know, what I mean, they're going backwards. But the fact to make Kimba suffer from it is it just sucks. So. I'm not sure. I know he mentioned about, you know, a comment about RJ Barrett getting in the gym and shooting a little bit more. Um, you know, just just a lot of things like challenging his team, but I I just think they're they're probably burnt out or they're going away from things that that worked in the in the beginning and got a little cocky maybe. I don't I don't even know at this point, but it ain't great. It ain't great at the garden right now. Yeah, I mean, if I look at RJ Barrett and kind of I don't I don't place the blame solely on him, but Obviously, Tibbs has a better idea if, if a guy is working as hard as he was previously. But, I mean, you just look at RJ's numbers. I mean, this is a guy that's shooting 13 a game, shooting under 40% from the field, let alone from three, shooting 31%. And it's the, the turnovers are they're a career low, but it's still close to two. The assists are, have dropped. He just doesn't look – I don't know. It's kind of like the Atlanta syndrome, right? Like, we're, I think you just hit on it, Trey. Like, we're, uh, Trey Young was like – it's hard to it's hard to focus in the regular season after we went just what we just went through. It's like you guys haven't gone through shit. You guys finally just got there, and it does feel like there's a little bit of like, oh, we're New York. We made some noise. Uh, we can just run it back and 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 coast through. And it's they just don't have that same hunger. Um, clearly, Tibbs doesn't think that from an individual standpoint. I think, and to an extent, you can see it on the floor. Yes, when the bench comes in, there is a little bit more energy. But you're gonna get stuff. You're gonna get that from from those guys who have been around for so long and just naturally play. But I think just when you look at the core of that group, it, it they don't look as inspired as they, as they were once were. I'm going to share a theory. Oh boy. This should be fun. I real quick, I think, real quick, real quick before you share this theory, I'm yes. going to go around the room, James, then Mo, then Trey. Do we think this theory shuts down this episode or will discussion continue? Shut down. Shut down for no, sure. Yeah. No, this one, you guys are going to agree with this one, I think. That doesn't give my, me my, any more confidence. <laughs> <laughs> my theory is that there is a growing division between Tom Thibodeau and the Knicks front office. And I say that because over the offseason, when they chose to go out and spend a lot of money on Fournier, there was chatter that Thibodeau pushed hard to keep Reggie Bullock. And they said no. And they went out and got Fournier, who doesn't really fit Thibodeau's mold. Like, obviously, he's a skilled guy. Obviously, he's a very good shooter. He's tough, but he just has defensive limitations. They went out and signed Kemba Walker. And I just feel like like Thibodeau does not love the way they handled the roster. He does not love that they let Bullock go. Um... Obviously, like, he hasn't really played Fournier in a lot of fourth quarters. Kemba, he's just decided, I'm not going to play him. Even though some games they're playing, like, Kevin Knox and and stuff like that off the bench. And it's like, okay, you're trying to juice the offense with Kevin Knox when you got Kemba Walker sitting on the bench. Like, that's just that's just weird. So, that that's my theory. And then the other part of this is... That's a good theory, was, by the way. Just to give you... We crack on you a lot. I like that theory. Don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought you guys might like that. And, and then the other part, I think <laughs> I am. Um... 
I haven't I haven't seen this talked about enough. We might have just seen a totally random Julius Randle three point shooting season last year. Yeah, that, I thought that part was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fluke. Oh, you think he Jake Crowder? Like, yeah, <laughs> Crowder. I, ne- I never felt Crowder. like it was that real. But the other thing too about this whole moving Kemba out of the rotation and out of the starting lineup, it's been four games so far. They've only won one first quarter in those four games. Like they're still not rolling in any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it was just Kemba. It's, you know, uh, James has been saying it. Barrett has stunk this year. Randall hasn't been what he was last year. And again, I think last year was just a, a fluke year and you should have been expecting a little drop back. I mean, this it I, it's hard to just pin it just on Walker, right? Yeah. Uh, so many other guys have not delivered for this team. And I, and I think it should also be noted in, uh, Pistons fans, I, I I say that to to preface this with the Knicks thing. Pistons fans are wondering why their team isn't as competitive as they were a year ago. Well, the East has gotten better. The East wasn't very good last year, so a lot of these games also the roster is not <laughs> as good. Yeah, like the ro- like, yeah. Look, Kate Cunningham's going to be awesome, right? I like I made a crack about him earlier. Oh, you're talking about the Pistons. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Knicks. No, no, oh, no, no. I thought yeah, you meant yeah. the Pistons. No, That's I was talking what, about the Knicks. Oh, like, you said the, the teams in the East the, are better. Yeah, like, no, the, the East, East is just better. It's deeper, it's better than than it's been in probably 25 years, right? Yes. But if and Pistons I think fans are wondering why it. their team is not as competitive, like, it's the roster. Well, yeah, well, that too, yes. Yeah. But also, the, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> yeah. But also, the East, there's not as many cupcake games as there was a season ago. There were, Agreed. You could, yeah. there were plenty cupcake games a year ago. Um, this year, you look at the Pistons and the Magic as really it. Uh, I mean, the Pacers aren't very good, but they can give you a fight. So you look at the Knicks and it's like, well, I, they don't have the the DNA, the toughness that obviously Thibodeau likes. And I think that played a big part into their success last year. But also teams are just good. And I think their roster didn't get better, especially defensively, which is what they ha- hung their hat on. I don't know the numbers, so I could be totally off. Um, but yeah, I just I just it's not as rosy as it was a year ago for several factors. I, I I just think that I can understand Jay's theory where the front off he's upset with the front office because those are not Thibodeau guys he brought in. Um, and also isn't the front office Thibodeau guys though. That's confusing. Yes, that's, that's yeah. That's the that's, thing. That's, but I think they might've also got caught up in the bright lights. Nick's, we're back. Let's go get some names, some scoring. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like it just seems like they definitely pushed, Instead of building something sustainable, they pushed for something a little more MSG, if that if that mm-hmm. makes sense. I want to push back on that a little bit because none of those contracts were really that bad, right? Like, yeah, Kemba Walker, Fournier's, Fournier. but they're Kemba's was a good contract. Yeah, Kemba's, Kemba's, was a good Kemba's is fine. Yeah. Yeah, Kemba's yeah, a Kemba's good contract, even Fournier's because it's not fully guaranteed, right? Like they have outs in there where they can get out of that. It's, yeah, it's not like after those, first year. Huh? I think it's fortunately it's the second year. But like oh, okay. they have but they have outs, right? It's not like Fair. they've it's not the Knicks of past where they've signed him to a five year deal or whatever, like something where they're we're certainly just like, smarter. You're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. And for so sure. it's not like I wouldn't say they're in this position where they got fully caught in the bright lights. They're like, let's take a chance. Well we're willing to we know we're not where we need to be. We're not good enough. I think they knew they weren't going to be good enough this year. Let's take a flyer on these guys and see if the same thing pops. Because last year was a surprise to them, I imagine, just as much as everybody else. That's a good point. Do we think? Yeah, and it's it's a tough situation, too, as a front office, because what made them good last year was just they had defenders everywhere. What made them first-round fodder was that they had not nearly enough scoring. Mm-hmm. And so you you have to try to supplement the roster with enough scoring to give yourself a chance in the playoffs. And when you do that, you do risk losing what made you really competitive in the first place. Jay, yeah. just please give me some flashback chimes there and then just clip in Jay King talking about how dominant he would be as a front office executive. <laughs> Nearly 40 yeah. minutes before when he now is feeling sorry for just how tough it is for the Knicks to run the team. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough situation too as a front office because... What made them good last year was just they had defenders everywhere. What made them first-round fodder was that they had not nearly enough scoring. And so you you have to try to supplement the roster with enough scoring to give yourself a chance in the playoffs. 
And when you do that, you do risk losing what made you really competitive in the first place. Oh, don't get me wrong. I would have, I would have made some brilliant signings to push them to name one. I would have signed like, like Kelly Olynyk, baby. Uh, that's gonna do it. That There's the shutdown. The There's a shutdown comment for the for the <laughs> podcast. Fixing uh, the Knicks with Kelly Olynyk. That is gonna do it for this episode of Basket Buds of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you're checking out all the team specific shows, the Daily Ding, which is on this very feed. Michelle Beatles, what did I miss? No dunks. Everything from the Athletic. Subscribe to the Athletic. If you're not subscribed, you are ruining your knowledge of the game. For Trey, for Jay, for Mo, for James, for Jade, I'm Zach. Keep it locked on the athletic.